Welcome to the Awakened Collective, where we explore the topics of love, spiritual consciousness, and our divine purpose on this planet. Join us as we uncover the truth that our thoughts shape our reality. Welcome to the Awakened Collective. I'm Rick Gregory. It's a pleasure to be with you today, and a special thank you to Audio Alchemy Productions and Danny Anderson for the gift they are to the world. Today's episode, episode five, is staying in the now, letting go of our suffering. So thank you for joining us today. I just want to start by reminding you that you are the extension of your creator's divine love on this planet. You have never been separated from your creator, and we have never been separated from one another. We are connected at the very source. It's like a Rembrandt painting that, you know, you can never separate the painting from the painter. It was his idea. Well, just like that, we are the idea of our creator, God, universe, spirit, whatever name you use. We are connected to that creator and can never be separated from our source. I um, recently have read some wonderful books, um, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, and another amazing book called Don't Believe Everything You Think by Joseph Gwen. And I'm not, going to, I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that name right, but it's N-G-U-Y-E-N. You know, these authors, as well as many others that I read, um, I'm finding repetitiveness in what they're saying and that they start off by saying, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. So why am I reading it? It's removing the clouds. It's removing all the stuff that I've collected so that I can get back to remembering what I have always known, what we have always known. And when you read something that... The print comes off the paper, and you know it in your knower. It's like you've always known it. So, And I'm not telling you anything today that you don't already know. Hopefully just moving some clouds out of the way. I have Amazon links to these books as well as other books that I'm reading. Um, you can find them on my reading list on my webpage at theawakenedcollective.org.org. And I'd highly recommend them. They have truly helped me on my journey. And the funny thing is that this, what I'm sharing today, I am sharing to myself as much as anyone else because I have had a week. Um, we are in the process of moving, and anyone that's ever moved knows what that's like. It's not my favorite thing in the world to do. And, you know, we're moving out of a 2,700-square-foot home that we have lived in for over six years, and I am just amazed at all the stuff we have collected in the house, in the yard, in the attic, in the garage, in the shed. Everywhere I look, there's stuff. So it has been really easy, really easy for me to get into what I call thinkingness. So I want to explain, first of all, first of all what I mean by thinkingness. So I'm not talking about thought. I mean, where would we be without thought? I'm not talking about being aware 
of what we're thinking or being aware of the thought. That's consciousness. That's being awake. And that's what I desire to be. Not always there. But it's being trapped in repetitive, constant, continuous thinkingness. Taking a single thought and spending minutes, sometimes hours, catastrophizing it. So I want to start off by using an example from one of these books that I have read, and that's from Don't Believe Everything You Think. And I'm going to be actually doing a couple of exercises with you today, and I'm just going to ask that you humor me in them and join me in them. I think that they may help. So for starters, I just want to ask a simple question. What is the dream amount of money that you would like to make in a year? What is the dream amount of money you would like to make in a year? And I'm just going to give you a few seconds to come up with that number. You have it? Okay, well, now I'm going to ask another question. I want you to take that amount, and I'd like you to multiply it by five. What do you think about that new dream goal for your income when we multiplied it by five? Think about that for a minute. Okay, let's discuss. So after I ask the first question about what that dream number is you'd like to make in a year, you had a thought. It probably wasn't too difficult. You came up with a number in a pretty short amount of time. And it just popped into your head. So that was effortless, right? That was a thought. Nothing wrong with a thought. Where would we be without thoughts? I wouldn't even have the shoes I have on my feet without someone having had a thought. But when I told you to multiply that number by five and asked you to think about it, what were some of your thoughts? If you're like me, in a situation where I'm not being aware and I'm just grabbing onto that thought, you may have been bombarded with subsequent thoughts. Like, there's no way. I don't even know anyone who makes that much money. I'm not worthy of making that much money. It's greedy to want that much money. I don't deserve it. And it may have led then to feelings of self-doubt, unworthiness, guilt, anger, anxiety, the whole gamut of emotions could pop up. See, that initial thought, simply, what do I want to make in a year? It wasn't good or bad. It was just a thought. I shared on a, a previous podcast that our thoughts create, just like I mentioned just now. My thought, someone's thought created, had an idea for the shoes I'm wearing, and everything around us. We were created by divine thought. It's when we get on this speed bus of judging, critical thinking, and we begin to experience all the negative feelings that rise out of that. That is thinkingness, and it is the root of all of our suffering. The author Joseph Gwen even stated in his book, Thoughts Create, Thinking Destroys. 
And it destroys because as soon as we get into that place of thinkingness about the thought, we bring forward all of our limiting beliefs, our judgments, our criticisms. We even pull forward all of our past experiences and all of the programming and come up with infinite reasons why it won't work. When we can stay out of thinkingness, and sometimes it's not for long periods of time, believe me, I get it. But when we can do that, we can prevent all the negativity that arises and all the accompanying emotions. And what those things are doing are preventing us from what that very simple first thought had the power to create. And we sabotage our own success when we do. Thinkingness causes suffering. So I just want to make sure we understand that I'm not talking about thought, but that perpetual thinkingness that we get into. Thich Nhat Hanh said that people have a hard time letting go of their suffering. Out of fear of the unknown, they prefer the comfortable. They prefer the suffering because it's familiar. And I've seen patterns of that in my own life. I can almost become addicted to the suffering. But it's waking up and recognizing it that that change takes place. Now, this whole thing isn't about our finances, obviously. It's the message underneath that. So I want to give you a personal story that I already alluded to. So Glenn and I had the thought to purchase a new home. And, you know, you might be wondering, why would you do that with the interest rates up and all of that? But we found this um, this home that was a brand new construction, which we've always wanted, never had a brand new home. Um, it's in a traditional neighborhood development in the early stages of one. There's only like nine houses built, but it's like 240 acres. There's going to be shops and restaurants and um, loft apartments over other shops. And there's going to be a senior, senior living center and a assisted living center and um, apartments, all kinds of things. And it's just in the early stages. So I was excited because I was seeing also as not only will we have an opportunity for a new house, but we will probably be getting in at a good time that there would be a good investment. And we were excited about it personally. Well, we closed on the house this week. And wouldn't you know it, thinkingness kicked in. Like, oh my God, we have got to move out of a 2,700 square foot home. Now, we have movers for the big stuff, but there's a lot of little stuff. Like I said, in the attic, garage, the shed, all of those places. How are we ever going to get all of this done? So where is that thinking located? In the future. How did we ever collect so much crap? Where's that thinking? In the past. Then it's, what if we made a mistake? And won't really be able to afford this house. And we, that's in the future. And we start playing out all the scenarios in our heads, or at least in my head I did, that take me out of the present moment, out of the now. And in the now is the only place where I am going to find joy and peace. It's taking me out of that and bringing me into emotions of panic, anxiety, fear, overwhelm, and ultimately freaking exhaustion. You know, I even entertained not coming here this morning because, man, I just had a lot on my plate. Really not. It was a lot in my head. It was a future tripping moment. It's kind of comical. But it also sent me the message that I know better, and that's why I knew I, I, knew I needed to be here today. So I'm here just, as I said, as much for me as for anyone listening to this. It's a perfect time 
to remember what we have always known all along. And the funny thing is we experience such gratitude when we stay in the moment. So when I was able to pull myself back in, I could see, man, I am grateful that I'm here today. I am grateful that I have things to move. There was a time that I didn't have a heck of a lot. I have the means to move. I might be 62 years young, but I'm healthy. I can do my part. I'm grateful that we have a new home to move to, that we're starting a new chapter. I have so much to be grateful for. Don't you? Now, if I would just stay in the moment, I could stay in that place of joy and peace and gratitude. In the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, of which I am a grateful member, we talk a lot about staying where our hands and feet are. And the first time I heard that, I thought, well, how could I ever be where my hands and feet aren't? That's kind of silly. But the message there is that all we have is the now. All we have is the present moment. It's the only place we can experience the presence of our creator, our universe, our source, We can't find the presence in the past, as I was talking about, or in the future, whether it's years out, hours out even. This moment, right here, right now, as I sit on this chair, is all I have. And wherever you're at, it's all you have. And it's what we choose to think in this moment. That is all we really have control over. That's the only reality. So speaking of staying Where our hands and feet are, I want to do another exercise. So I don't know where you're at, and if you're driving, please don't close your eyes on this one. But I would like you to take some breaths with me. Close your eyes if you're able to. And I'm talking about some nice deep breaths. We're going to probably do three breaths. Take it as deep as you can in all the way up to the top of your head and feel it. Hold it for a few seconds and then let it go. Let's take our first breath. exhale. Breath in and hold it. And exhale. Breath in and hold it. Exhale, and with your eyes still closed, I want you to just, with your mind, focus on your hands and your feet, or just your hands. Just let your mind rest on your hands for a minute. And open your eyes. I don't know if this occurred with you, but when I'm focusing on my hands, for example, I can actually feel a tingling. I can feel it even now. Which reminds me of a couple of things. Number one, we are energy. 
but it also reminds me that I am in the moment. When we experience our body breathing, maybe the clothes against our skin, what we are seeing, what we are smelling, what we are tasting, what we are hearing in this moment, it will allow us to be in the moment. And it's in that moment where we receive intuitive thought, where we receive creative thought, where we receive our promptings for the next right action. There's a, an anecdotal story of Albert Einstein that I love. Now, we know Albert Einstein was a genius, right? And from what I've read, he was a daydreamer. He would get a lot of his thoughts as he would just sit and, and dwell on things. And he loved beauty, artwork. He loved music. He would listen to music oftentimes and get ideas. But there were times when he would get stuck. And I love this story, but, and I don't even know if it's true. It's, when you look it up, it says it's an anecdotal story, but I could actually imagine it. He would sit in his little chair when he needed to find an answer to something and couldn't come up with it, he would close his eyes with two metal balls in his hand. He would hold in his hand and he would sit in his easy chair or whatever you want to call it, and he would close his eyes and fall asleep. And when he finally got into that relaxed state and dozed off, it would come to a point where his hands would relax and those balls would drop and hit the floor and wake him up. And in that instant, oftentimes he would have that intuitive thought. I wonder how much we miss out on when we get into thinkingness, when we only get those intuitive thoughts in the moment. So when we're not in the moment, we are in thinkingness, and that drowns out the miracle of the present moment. It blinds us to presence. And it's like, you know, when I'm going to the grocery store, <laughs> And I've got a list of things in my head, and I should have written them down, and I'm kicking myself for not writing them down. I've got five things, and I'm in my head thinking, okay, I've got to get five things. And I get to the grocery store, and I'm, you know, I'm struggling with one, and then it will come to me. And then I, you know, I'll get those five things, and I'll come out of the grocery store, and guess what? I've forgotten where I parked. Because I was in my head and thinking this the whole time I was pulling into the parking lot. Or the times when I, you know, I get home and I'm thinking, oh, I need to get caught up in email. Hey, why didn't that person get back to me? I sent that email a couple of days ago. Well, maybe they did and I just haven't checked it. I'm going to go in my and I go into my office and I check my email. And then a couple hours later, I'm going to, I need to run an errand. And guess what? Don't remember where I laid my keys down. I can tell you that there are times when I'm in the shower shaving in thinkingness. And you know what happens when I do that? I usually cut myself because I'm not, I'm not in the moment. Heck, there are times when I can't even remember at dinner time what I had for lunch. Missing the awareness, the peace and joy that exist in that moment. Do you know that our natural state is peace and joy? That is our natural state. It's our birthright. You might want to call it your default setting, your factory setting, when you got to this planet. It's our natural state. So I have a question for you. Do you remember the last time that you were overcome with joy? I want to give you a minute to think about that. When was the last time that you were just overcome with joy? 
Let me give you some help. Was it an amazing sunset? Breathtaking sunset? Was it a life experience that you were sharing with someone and helping someone in need? and just felt such gratitude? Maybe seeing your newborn baby for the first time? Maybe you just passed that difficult test that you had been studying for. Was it someone maybe thanking you for something, for your kindness or the impact that you had on their lives? When you experienced this joy, you didn't have to come up with thoughts in your head to first feel that joy, did you? You felt the joy first, and then thoughts may have arisen. Thoughts, perhaps, of gratitude. But it just happened. It just kind of rose up inside you because it's our natural state. We don't think our way into joy. It is who and what we are. It is our being. There's another quote in that book I mentioned that's from Joseph Gwen. And the quote is from a man named Jonathan Safran Foer, which says, I think and think and think. I've thought myself out of happiness one million times, but never once into it. We don't think ourselves into joy and happiness. It's what we are at our core. It's our natural state when we are in the now, in the present moment. And it's where we would live constantly if it weren't for giving ourselves over, which we all do, to thinkingness. I had this experience of overwhelming joy this week. I got a a wonderful text from a friend, maybe listening. Um, And it's not someone that I know real well. You know, someone that I see at meetings, someone that I um, go to see at the gym. But uh, he had texted to say that he had listened to the first four podcasts and how much of a difference it made in his life. And I had my eyes filled up with tears. I didn't have to think that up. I didn't have to think about it. Thoughts came afterwards. Thoughts of gratitude came afterwards. But I did not think my way into feeling that joy. I've also, there's a song that I put on often. um, And there's a line in the song that says, All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. And it's the music and the words and a reminder that all my life, my creator has been faithful. And I get overwhelmed with joy every time I hear that. Oftentimes, tears streaming down my face. And all it's doing is getting getting in touch with who I am, who we are at the core. Joy and peace in the moment. When we can recognize all of that thinkingness that's taking us out of the present moment, bringing us into either regret and shame of the past or fear and anxiety of the future, all we have to do is simply be a witness to it. Let the thoughts come. Recognize the workings of our silly ego that distract us from the present and get back to the moment. And when we do that, we position ourselves for the miraculous, for all those intuitive, creative thoughts my great, one of my greatest joys is helping other people on their road to recovery from alcoholism and addiction. Never thought in a million years I would ever be saying something like that. 
And you know what? I, it's because that's where I find these miracles. When I'm able to stay in the present moment with someone I'm working with and we're having a conversation, I'm amazed at the intuitive thoughts that arise. I'm amazed at the experiences that just come to mind that I have that are exactly applicable to where they're at and what they're going through. It's, it really is amazing to me because I'm not working it up. I'm just, I ask to stay in the moment, to be listening and to be present in the moment. And all of that stuff seems to take care of itself. It's just as if God, my creator, is doing for me what I can't do for myself. And I can't take personal credit for it. It's some power of the universe, some intelligent force that is bringing those things to mind exactly when I need it. And I couldn't come up with that stuff if I tried. And I know because I have gotten into that frame of mind where I am trying to come up with something and the mental effort doesn't work. I know the difference today. So it's a beginning and it's a progress. Just making some progress, not perfection. Because I still, as I've already confessed to you this morning, I still get into thinking this. So the difference for me today, and I hope the difference for you, and if not today, maybe this afternoon, is that you'll begin to recognize when you're doing it, getting into that thinkingness, and you'll be able to draw yourself and pull yourself back into the moment. That thinkingness stuff may never stop, but it can lessen as we become aware of it and just be in the present moment, which is where we will find our joy. So when we did that brief breathing exercise this just a few minutes ago, the three breaths with a mindful focus on our hands and or feet. We didn't have to get into thinkingness, did we? I mean, we didn't have to get into thinkingness about our past or the future. We were just in the moment thinking about our hands. And sometimes when I'm in my head, that's what I have to do. Go back to my hands. I mean, we don't have to think to breathe. We don't think to eat, to digest our food, to ensure our hearts keep pumping. And all of those things are essentials for us to be alive. Some power greater than ourselves, some divine intelligence keeps all of that going, keeps our bodies alive. So if some divine intelligence, some higher power, God, if you will, is keeping us alive from day to day without our thinking effort, our thinkingness. And with our trust, we don't think about breathing. We trust we're going to take the next breath. Can we not trust that same power to take care of us in our moment-by-moment lives? You might be familiar with a, a verse from the Christian Bible that says, take no thought for your life. Take no thought for what you eat or what you will wear. See how beautifully cared for the birds and the flowers are are by God. And how much more will we be cared for? It's when we're in the moment, people, that we have the realization that everything is unfolding perfectly. That we are being cared for by a power greater than ourselves. That we are not human beings having a spiritual experience, but that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. That we are truly not of this world. We are not limited by time and space. And there is no time or space in the present moment. 
It's the thinkingness that moves us into our past or our future, which is an illusion to people, places, things, timetables. Staying in the now affords us a return to our natural state, as I've already said, of being in joy and peace and love. And when we can string those now moments together, we find ourselves exactly where we wanted to be all along, and oftentimes we didn't even realize it. I didn't know this is where I wanted to be. If I had 10 years ago, 10 years is a good number, I guess, 10 years ago, taken took in, t- taken the time to sit down and write out a list of what I wanted my life to look like, and I'm not saying anything, there's anything wrong with goals. Goals are good. What isn't good about goals is if we think that that future thing is where our happiness lies. And again, we get out of the present moment. So if I had made a list of all the things that I wanted my life to look like, I almost laughed thinking about what I would have put on that list. I'm kind of glad that I didn't do that. Because what I have in my life today is everything I never knew I wanted. So that tells me that this divine intelligence, God, knows me better than I know myself. I don't even know my best own best interests. Some power greater than me is at work to bring into my life the things that I have always wanted and didn't even know I wanted. Maybe there'll come a time on this journey when I'll actually know and my knowing and my creator's knowing will be in alignment. (laughs) But for right now, I'm grateful that what I have is not what I thought I wanted and it is more than I could ever have imagined. You know, Rumi stated that the past and future veil God from our sight. Burn burn up both of them with fire, was his quote. So start with practicing. Observe the habit. The habit of your mind wandering and wanting to escape into the past, into the future. The moment you realize you're not present, guess what? You are present. Life is full of paradoxes. When we can observe our thinking, we are not trapped by it any longer. So just notice how often your attention is in the past or the future. Don't get angry at yourself for it. No judgment, good or bad. No resistance. Just notice it. We are the observers. That's what we should desire to be. Just the observers, the witness, not the judge. And not resist, because fighting those thoughts, resisting those thoughts, saying, I will not think that thought again, increases our focus on them. And what we focus on gets larger and stronger. Simply let them come, become a witness to them, be aware of them, recognize them for what they are. Laugh at them. I laugh at some of them sometimes. And let them go. Peace and joy are our birthright. And love is the answer, folks. It has always been and will always be. So as we awaken to this fact, 
we change. And when we change, what we see changes. The world around us changes. So again, the links to the books that I have touched on in this podcast are available under my reading list on my webpage at theawakenedcollective.org, www.theawakenedcollective.org. The website is a work in progress, I assure you that, but it does have links to my podcast. It has links to the books that I've written as well as lots of books that I have read that have truly helped me along this journey, and I'm confident will help you as well. And I'd love to hear from you. You can reach out via email to Rick Gregory at theawakenedcollective.com. And the first five people to reach out via email, even if it's just to say hi, if you include your address, I will send you a free copy of the 30-Day Mindfulness Challenge, the Awakened Collective 30-Day Mindfulness Challenge. I want to say thank you again to Audio Alchemy Productions. I love you, Danny. Until next time, my friends, let's practice staying in the moment. Love and kindness always. <laughs>